You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Hat Bear. I'm Mike, what's up? Another week, another great day filled with something that you're going to force me to drink that uh, I'm slowly getting into. Am I really forcing you to drink it anymore? No, not at all. I actually enjoy it. Yeah. Probably because I just love, love, love drinking, <laughs> hanging out with you, Aww, that's sweet. and constantly recording and living in this realm. But it's fine. Yeah. Well, where are we again today? So we're in my basement. Um, not my mother's basement. So Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah, say hi to your mother for me. Uh, so we are close to finalizing the small details on our renovation in our studio. So we did all the painting. Last week, we discussed how we may or may not paint. And then we just... Wow, that's real loud. And then we just went to Home Depot and bought paint anyways and painted. So uh, the whole studio is going to have a new look if you haven't noticed or seen anything on our story. But we're fired up for it because now we're going to have a total different look in regards to our video quality on our episodes every week. Still not new cameras. We're getting there. Soon. But everything else in the back end is different. So when we get the new cameras, it's going to be like, holy hell. These guys must make a lot of money doing this. Yeah. Or it'll be like, wow, they're an actual YouTube channel. <laughs> like, Because you, you know the difference. You know, like yeah. you can, when you're surfing on YouTube, just looking at different videos and things, you can be like, wow, okay, this person actually has like legitimate equipment in regards to audio, video, um, and everything else. So we're we're slowly getting there again. We're not making a ton of money doing this, but you know, free we're booze. Any free money. booze. Correct. No money. That's yeah, that's that's what I mean. I feel like it's a haunted house every time you open this bottle. Yeah, it's it's creaky. It's like those wood steps that you walk on in an old eighteen hundreds house, and every time that you step down, it's just like a little creak, you know, just to wake your parents up. Jesus Christ! I it are you driving felt, today? No, I'm home, bro. <laughs> but tell the people what we we're literally doing. already talked about it, Derek. I'm home. 
Uh, so today we will go into much more detail later, but I am forcing Mike to drink Glenfiddich 14. So this is an interesting bottle. Last week we had a High West's Campfire, which is a good bourbon that is will get people into scotch. And then I feel like from a tasting perspective, this is that next step. So once you find out that you like some of the scotch flavors, this is what you would go to next because it is aged in X bourbon barrels. So you get a lot of the same type of characteristics that you normally do with bourbon in this. So it, it's a good little like, gateway drug. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's like right. bourbon is – never mind. I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to go down an analogy of gateway drugs. I don't yeah, want to no, get demonetized that we don't even have. So one thing I do want to talk about. Sure. Go for uh, it. China. No. So – Taxation. Taxation stuff. Russia. All right. Now – <clears throat> tip for the people if you're ever doing a project if you're ever in the midst of a renovation i'm loosening up my shoulders because i'm probably gonna spill the beans um don't be afraid to take command of a conversation and direct people in where you want to go so we had to do a lot of research a lot of measurements in regards to carpeting for our studio Yes, there's carpeting on the studio because we wanted carpets um, because we wanted them, so don't judge. But also for sound, warmth, and to make the space that much better. So we got a small carpet, okay? No big deal. The big deal was it's an odd size. So when it's an odd size, you have to work with the filter manufacturers to come up with the best way to essentially make the carpet fit the space. Did you say filter manufacturers? Did I? Are you working with filters? Uh, whatever. Carpet... <laughs> Carpet manufacturers. So in my head, I said carpet. Um, the space demands a 7 by 15 foot carpet. Everything comes in 12 feet. So we walk in to a carpet store and tell... No free shout outs. Correct. Talk to a gentleman. And he was nice. However, it's a carpet salesman. And... I've been in sales since I was 15 years old, so I immediately seen through the fancy shoes and his fake watch that he bought from the outlet malls. Like, I'm, I'm not falling for it. So he's standing there with his greased hair, and, you know... I'm, the first guy. The first guy. So, I mean, second guy still had the greased hair and the fake watch, but it's fine. So, But at least he was nice. He was nice, because he, he knew that we were not falling for anything. Right. And we were there for what we needed. So Derek and I walked into the environment informed first and foremost we knew what we needed we knew what the space demanded and we weren't going to basically wait for something that was going to take 14 days to show up because we knew that that's not what direction we wanted to go in so the first gentleman starts to basically sell us on a carpet that's minimum 445 dollars including pad not including tax got to get it shipped in from the factory you know all this craziness and i'm just sitting there staring at him i'm like that's no i'm like there's a massive disconnect here from whoever i talked to on the phone in regards to getting some of the front end converse like information up front um to what we're discussing here now so i don't know what that disconnect is but there's a there's a clear distinct difference because i'm looking at 190 to 250 dollars and you're talking to me about 445 like that's not a thing Derek's standing there like, oh, God, it's Home Depot all over again. He's probably going to start telling all the other employees to sweep all the water <laughs> in the parking lot while it rains. But I said there's a, there's a massive disconnect. Like, we need, to, we need to discuss this because it's not working out. So I kind of further explained what the space was for. And then, lo and behold, he had to leave. So I think he was looking for a quick sale. 
to end up his day and then move on with his life. And he did preface. He's like, hey, I'm at the end of my shift. Like, that guy's actually going to help you out, but I can kind of start and get you guys in, in some direction. He was way off. Wrong azimuth. So second gentleman comes in. He kind of heard the backstory from the first guy, and then you went off. You just disappeared. And I'm yeah. just like, where's Derek? So I'm then, like, I got to figure this out myself. So then you start looking at all the carpets on the wall, and you're like, I'm not going to look at these little one-inch-by-one-inch squares of a carpet and then try to figure out how much it's going to be and wait 14 days for it to come in. That's dumb. So I'm grabbing this guy who's new, and I'm like, look, man, like this is all I need. I'm not here to waste any time. I'm going to throw a carpet in my truck and leave. Like This isn't a big deal. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't know all about this lead time nonsense. Like, I'm staring at carpets against the wall. Like, what are we doing here? So then you're like, we'll just do this. And I walk up, and it's literally 7 by 15. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so mad right now. Like, I don't have time for this. And what sucks is because it was for our business, like, we have to represent the business. So I can't, like, go off. Right. But I'm already irritated because I'm like, you just wasted 15 minutes of my day. I have things to do, you know, so you have things to do. Like, this is stupid. So you're like, we'll just cut it. It's never going to be on camera anyways. Who cares? I'm like, correct. Literally no one. Because we're not like, it's not like those old shows where we got knee pads on and we're banging the friggin' carpet underneath the molding. Like, that's not what's happening here. It's going to be placed in our spot. It doesn't have to be professionally installed. We're not ordering it from a actual distributor that's going to cut it down to size for us. We just need something to lay in the thing to keep us warm and absorb some sound. It's not like, oh, yeah. It's a loose yeah. light carpet. Yeah. So we find what we need. We pay for it. Ends up the second guy's literally like about to follow us on social media because he loves what we do. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, perfect. Like, whatever, we're leaving. Yeah. So carpet's done. The second guy done. was awesome. He worked with us very well yeah. to get what we wanted. He was he was good. Yeah, he saw through the nonsense. Yeah. Um, so carpet's done, walls are done, walls are insulated. We're doing the door this week, we're doing the ceiling this week, and then we're gonna hang stuff afterwards, and then we got some fun little touches that will just Oh, yeah. incorporate without you guys knowing what they are up front. And then otherwise, we're just cranking, man. I'm very excited. I think that this is going to be a huge shock to everybody listening because yeah. they might not know how much of an actual haul this is going to be. This isn't just we're – Jesus. This isn't just we're going to insulate a little bit for the winter. It, we want to completely redo stuff because we have everything torn down anyway. We might as well redo it. And it's like to code. Yeah. So we're excited. I'm slightly concerned. I thought about this this morning driving to work. I'm concerned that it's going to be too insulated and we're going to be sweating all summer. Well, that's why we have a window AC unit. Does it fit in that window? I don't know. We'll figure it out. This is what happens, Derek. You you have all these these awesome ideas and then nothing fits because you don't well, measure. Well, we said and buy it. It was from the old house Correct. that I sold. Nailed it. I'm okay, so, so we'll see. I don't. I mean, that's a small window. It's not a standard size yeah. window. But, I mean, those boxes, I mean, like the filter on the end, they're not, like, huge. I, I think it will fit. And if not, we'll just get – we'll buy another air conditioner that oh fits. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we'll run my AC out there. You know, we'll get an HVAC guy, and he'll run the piping and everything like that, and we'll be good to go Fourteen grand later. No, we'll just – you know those ridiculous air conditioners at the Airbnb? Those air conditioners mm -hmm. that we basically figured out it was exhausting back into the room. Yeah. Yeah. So one of those. We'll We're see stupid. how much those are. It's fine. We're so dumb. It's just a portable AC. We figured it out. Yeah. After dying the first night. 
Yeah, it was halfway through. Dude, we were, first of all, we were blitzed trying to troubleshoot <laughs> what was going on because it's my bachelor weekend. So it's as true. soon as we park. And all of us had the meat sweats. Yeah. As soon as we park, we get out of the cars and we're like, we're here. And we're looking around, nothing but woods. We All the guys went camping. And like, this is it. And then e- immediately, bourbon's poured, cigars are lit, sitting on a porch, waiting for everyone else to show mm-hmm. up. And I'm like, this is all we need right now. Yeah, that was awesome. And then it was hours of consecutive can jam, meat sweats, drinking, and fires. Oh, yeah. And bear visits. But we won't talk about that. Yeah, we won't talk about that. But what I do want to talk about is something that I don't feel people know about, and that's ticks. I've had some run-ins lately, so... I'm a big disc golf guy. I like going disc golfing, which means going through the woods for the most part, and that's where ticks live. And I've been, I've been disc golfing yes, for yes, that, years. That's where ticks live. You're yeah, right. And on deer, I've been disc golfing for years, and I've never come home with a tick on me. This year, every single time I've went out, there has been a tick on me. And I don't know what the hell to do, dude. There's no ticks upstairs when I'm eating pizza, you know? So I don't know what to do for ticks. So I immediately text you. I'm like, Mike, what's going on here? What do I need to do? Is there anything preventative that I have to do? I found one on my leg. Do I have to scrub it with bleach? I don't know what the hell's going on. So what do I need to do? So can you tell people, one, why there's so many ticks this year? And then second, how can people prevent it or deal with it if they find a tick on them? So, so first, why are there so many ticks? Our winter was soft. Um, it wasn't cold enough to kill them off, basically. Do they, so, they die every winter? Some of them, yeah. Okay. So, I didn't know that. Same with mosquitoes. If we don't have a harsh winter, then you're going to have more mosquitoes and more ticks and fleas and everything else because they just die off in the winter. They can't survive that. They just can't survive northeast. Yeah. So, Mike, Mike studied entomology in school. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so essentially, yes, the global warming comment I made a week or two ago where we were waiting for it, that's, this is basically one of the side effects of having a non-harsh winter is you're going to have more insects. Um, you're also going to have more ticks and fleas and mosquitoes. So that's why there's more this year. To prevent them, stay out of the woods. That's the easiest way to prevent a tick. If you're very outdoorsy and everything else, wear clothes. Um Long sleeves, jeans, you can tuck your boots or blouse your boots. Um, That's an option if you wear boots. But the only other thing you can do is when when you've left the woods, you come home, immediately wash your clothes and do a tick check and shower. And essentially the shower benefits, first of all, you're clean. But secondly, you're going to feel a tick when you wash your body if you can't visually see it. Like middle of your back, when you're scrubbing your back in a shower, you can feel the tick. That'll make you aware, I have a tick in the middle of my back, opposed to I can't see the middle of my back with, you know, maybe I don't have a mirror or whatever reason. Um, If you're not single, because, you know, your dog probably can't talk to you, then your your partner, whatever gender, don't judge, don't care, um, can help you in that tick check and tell you, hey, you got one, you know, on your taint or wherever it is. And then that way you can remove the tick from your body. To remove a tick, you pinch the skin around the tick so it elevates it, okay? You just pinch your skin, lift the skin, the tick will be in there. What you don't want to do is squeeze the tick's body, not its head, and then force it to essentially dig deeper into your skin because you want to eliminate every aspect of the tick. 
its teeth, its head, all the things. Because sometimes if they get scared, they'll burrow. They try to burrow. So that's why you pinch your skin to eliminate that. So you pinch your skin with one hand um, and then... Take it out with your teeth. Well, <laughs> what I like to do is I do it. I do it with a pocket knife. So I pinch with one finger and then I move the blade in with another... And then that way I'm able to kind of, it's like slicing an apple, sure. you know, so, or cutting cheese. So that way you're kind of able to get the blade underneath the tick and then slowly pry it out. So you're not rushing it or you're not jerking mm. it real hard. Um, or you can just pinch the tick's head slightly. And then as you pinch the, the tick's head, you kind of bring your fingers closer together and that'll also rise the skin up. So you can do two things at once. Yeah. It's all based on how, you know, location, everything else. So as you pinch and then bring the tick up and out, you then, you basically pull the tick out of your skin um, and then you visually inspect the area that the tick was in you and then you you scrub it, you know, dish soap, hydrogen peroxide, you clean the, clean the area. If you have iodine or anything crazy, if you're a medic, rub that on there, clean the whole area, and then you're good. If you have fever or a rash, you know, within one to two weeks from tick removal, go see a doctor, but otherwise you're fine. It's ticks are nothing to worry about. Yeah. Also, when you remove the tick, kill the damn thing. So put it on the ground, step on it, um, you know, whatever it takes. But yeah, ticks are, you know, Lyme disease is whatever. But in these, it's real and it does mess people up, Lyme disease. Yeah, correct. But like, but I again, mean, it's what are so like when people talk about ticks. If one does bury into you, how like what are the I've, chances of it actually having Lyme disease? Like, I've is never it high? experienced that ever. I've never seen a tick actually burrow. I've just seen them kind of like try I would to feel hang you on. Would right? That's what because I'm you're in the woods all the time. And yeah, I've I've dude, I can't even tell you how many tick checks I've had to do. I I've never seen a tick try to burrow. The only time I've seen them kind of like squirm around is when someone tried to burn them out. And then we're like, don't try to burn them out with like they pulled yeah. a lighter and they're like, oh, I saw this once on the interwebs. It's like, no, that's not what you do. You just gently pull the head and you're good. This is one of my favorite scotches. But so. But yeah, like I don't know what the actual numbers, numbers are. are for ticks that are actually carrying Lyme disease, because that's really the only disease that you're concerned about with ticks right yeah or at least that's and, the most popular yeah it's not like you're gonna get west nile did justin beaver get lyme disease was that from a tick i have no idea Just, i never looked into that justice beaver yeah no free shout outs <laughs> dwight root the other thing is like upstate because we we are in western new york for those <laughs> that don't know okay so when we're upstate don't add us yeah when we're upstate and around x fort drum watertown those areas there's a higher there's a higher chance of Lyme disease up there. Um, we used to get briefs all the time in Drum about Lyme disease and ticks and just overall nature, like hey, don't mess with the wildlife, all that fun stuff. So, I mean, we've I've never came across it. I also don't know anyone that got Lyme disease from a tick. So if I do, then clearly I forgot and let me know, drop a message or whatever. But yeah, I. Honestly, I've never really ran into it. And you can also get Lyme disease from a ton of other yeah, ways. That's, that's what he, so singer Justin Bieber revealed last week, this was in January of 2020, 2020 that he recently received a diagnosis of Lyme disease, uh, a tick-borne illness. So that's how he got it. How else can you get Lyme disease? Google that. Because I thought that you 
couldn't get it outside of ticks. And I'm not confusing it with Crohn's. Don't worry. What are you seeing? Um, Educate the people. Well, my service is terrible in your basement, so. I, how are you not connected to my Wi-Fi, dude? I don't know, dude. It's not like we're friends or anything. How else can you get Lyme disease? <sighs> I don't know. All I know is that it was, like, it's just something that you have to be weary of. And this year is terrible. So, like, I'm a part of all these disc golf groups. And oh all God, of them keep talking. That sounds like a blast. Oh, it is. All of them keep talking about how bad this year is. And, like, they keep coming up with these home remedies and things to be able to stop ticks. But, like, you can't go buy off, right? Like, the spray off brand that helps ticks. It helps mosquitoes, but it doesn't help ticks. Correct. Because of DEET. So. DEET. DEET. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I have terrible service. So. You're fine. It's it's what I. This is null and void. But anyway, I did get a notification that a Buffalo man was arrested after driving the wrong way on the 190 in Grand Island early Sunday morning. So he's doing really well. Probably Continue. super sober. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so just so watch how, out for ticks. How else can you get Lyme disease? Is that what you looked up or no? Yeah, I I don't know. It's just ticks. It doesn't really matter. I mean, Lyme That's disease is an depressing issue. It's not like bats give it, right? Corona, get it? Corona and Lyme, that'd be a good pair. There we go. But anyway, so, all right. So you really want to pinch the skin around it, gently pry the tick off so it doesn't bury more into your skin yep and then just keep an eye on it but like rashes and fever happen like all the time you were given blood the other day and they're like plasma yeah didn't they tell you something about hiv and aids and it's like the same symptoms as lyme disease and every other illness in the entire world yeah fever and rash yeah perfect i was just laughing at it like this is so obnoxious like how do you not know that i'm like i don't know probably because i never had hiv or aids <laughs> like what the hell kind of question is that but yeah donating plasma is awesome yeah yeah so it's anybody can do it. Doesn't matter if you're if you had COVID or not. And then there's another coaster behind you if you want to swap it out. The or just flip it upside down. I like the struggle. And then the other, um, so donating plasma is similar to donating blood. It's just a different avenue um, in overall operation. So you have to get vetted to donate plasma, which. It was actually way more involved than I thought it was. Um, the first time you donate plasma, it takes like two hours because you like three hours because you have to go through a screening. They have to test your blood, your height and weight. They have to know when the last time you were around needles just because of HIV and everything else. Um, if you've donated plasma ever before anywhere else, same with blood, just because they're drawing from your your supply mm -hmm. and it takes x amount of days to replenish what they've just depleted so they have to know like all the ins and outs um but the vetting process was like way more involved than i thought it was so obviously i had a blast with it they ask about tattoos i had to tell them about my tattoo um they asked like were you a friend but were you referred to by a friend so of course there's inside jokes with that friend so i just basically went off and then made everyone laugh and they just thought i was nuts but once you're in the machine and you're pumping plasma, it's wild because they pull blood out and then the machine separates plasma from blood and then there's a return cycle and it returns the red blood cells to your system and then keeps the plasma in a separate container and then repeats the process for like five to eight iterations, however long it takes for you to fill your vial of 880 whatever. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm sitting there and me being me made it like a race because there were people that sat down in the chair and started donating before me. And I walked in real hydrated. So I'm like, this is it. Like I got to beat these people because no one's as hydrated (laughs) as I am. Right. Like they probably were more hydrated, but probably it was, you know, I just went into competitive mode. Right. So when, when it's in, it's literally like a relaxed mode. And that's when they're returning things into your, the red blood cells back. You're supposed to open your hand, let it all happen. And then when they go into draw, that's when you slowly and consistently make a fist. So that's when I was just like, like squeezing the stress ball. Oh my good. But I didn't have a stress ball. Right. So I'm just sitting there sweating through my jeans, donating as much plasma as fast as possible. And they're like, this is supposed to take like an hour and a half for you to fill your vial. And then we're all set. And then you're good to go. Have some crackers. Go home. I filled mine in 44 minutes. Jesus. I was juiced. I was like, dude, I was just all fired up. So now I'm prepping for my next visit. So extreme hydration all day. <laughs> it's amazing. You're gonna, can you like put in an IV before of water? So you're just super, or like those things that uh, Crooked gave us, those IV packs, or the water H2O packs. Yeah, no, I'm not doing do that. Do that. I'm not. Get mad hydrated, bro. Are you going to try for 43 minutes, break the record? Well, the record's 28 minutes. Jesus. Yeah, that guy was a machine, or female, <laughs> no idea, but that human being was a savage. Yeah, savage. Yeah, so that's that's my goal. Donate plasma probably six to eight times and then be done. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on clickbait? I was listening to a um, a podcast that state the dude was a um, like a marketing guy, and he was talking about clickbait articles and how journalists nowadays have to rely on clickbaits because they're not any. There's no more newspapers, basically. Like people aren't going out and buying newspapers, right? So, do you find value in clickbaiting? Should we start clickbaiting? Should uh, like what do, what do what do you think about it? First of all, no to us. Um, I don't find like what the hell would we clickbait? I don't know. There's nothing for us to clickbait. The best scotch in the world. Yeah, no. We'll just keep, dude. That's not us. We're right. never. We've never been like that. Well, that's kind of what I want your thoughts on. Like, what do you think of clickbaiting in general? It makes sense in regards to a revenue perspective because it's literally all they're trying to do is just as many views and as many listens or whatever as or it reads as possible do you fall for clickbait yourself i think we all do to an extent but i can also recognize it where it's just like that's clearly clickbait like i'm just not even gonna entertain that so I just w- keep going when you're scrolling through facebook and this is interesting if this is clickbait or not but when you're scrolling through facebook and you see a game pop up like an advertisement for a game have you seen those no no all right well somebody out there probably has like stupid like role-playing games that are like you have to move this sword up and this sword up and there's the gold here and there's a like it's just stupid games but they play the they advertise the game so like the dumbest move ever. So you're looking at it and you're like, I wouldn't make that move. And then you click and you download it. Do you think that that's clickbait because they're legitimately being stupid during the game? So you feel smarter than the game and then that makes you download it? Yeah, probably. But why would you fall for that? Because you're thinking, I have not done it, first of all. Uh-huh. But you're, yeah, likely yeah. story. Yeah, I'm, I'm on level 10. But the uh, <laughs> like you're looking at this and you're like, this, is, this can't be that... Like, this person can't be that dumb. Let me try it. 
What's Do you think question? that that's a form of clickbait? Yes. But absolutely. it's not like a, a sexy title. Correct. It's somebody being stupid and you're like, I think I can do better. Yeah, but there's there's examples. I mean, there's levels of everything. There's a, The thing that will get me is um, like why being drafted so-and-so. Like that's obviously clickbait, but I also want to know. Well, and then the I second wouldn't say thing that is that's clickbait though. Kind of is. It's it's an informative by, article. By definition, that's clickbait. But they're telling because they're you, talking outside of that as well. It's not just that. Otherwise, it'd be a three second clip, and <laughs> it's a nine minute video. Right, but at least they're talking about it. Clickbait would be like. Mike dies today. And then the whole article is me talking about how you survived Lyme disease. Like that would be clickbait because you didn't die. And it forced somebody to click yeah, on the video because they're sense. thinking that you're right. Yeah, right. dying. I'm, what do you want me to say? What do, what, do you want, what do you want? What do you want? Again, I'm trying to make you critically think. I Listen, Socrates. <laughs> I do love the, the, the variance between you and I. And you were talking about this the other day. You were like, Derek – you do realize that you have anxiety over an actual disease that can kill you, whereas I have anxiety over putting numbers in Excel correctly. Like, that's the variance between us. Because yeah, you don't care at all about Lyme disease. And no. I find this tick on me, and I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, this is how this works. But do you have it? No. I then, mean, I don't know. i got to wait you... two weeks to see if i got a fever or a rash, and it's either Lyme disease or AIDS. So I don't e- know. Even then, dude. Like, Derek has AIDS. Clickbait. Just it. because you have fever and a rash doesn't mean anything. Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's... Don't stress about it until it's an actual well, problem. The essence of the conversation is that you care about things that don't impact your life. Like your anxiety. But vice versa. <laughs> I, you literally don't have Lyme disease and you're worried about it. But I have a potential of getting harmed from it. Your anxiety around Excel is like, dude, you're fine. You just text me and ask me the formula and you're be, you'll be fine. Well, right. But the issue is I can't be wrong because that directly impacts... 17 different things. And if I'm wrong about Lyme disease, I'm dead. No, you're not, first of all, <laughs> clearly, because otherwise Biebs would yeah, have dropped Justice years ago. Justice Beaver is fine. Yeah. I just, I'm really upset that I don't have one of these. What? Glenn Fittich, really? 14 you years. Like it? Yeah, it's good. That's what I like to hear. You know, I feel like over ice it'd be too diluted. Yeah. I agree, I agree, I agree. Well, can we talk about it? I feel like there's... No, man. Look at the packaging. It's pretty. We can't talk about it. I like the color blue. We can't talk about that Bill and Melinda Gates are divorcing after 27 years of marriage. What do you think that's about? Do you think he was sleeping around and that's what caused it? Bill Gates? Yeah. It's probably because he got that Microsoft, bro. Probably can't (laughs) please her, you know? (laughs) You know? What was the comedian that was talking about that? Uh, Years ago. Yeah. Schultz was talking about it years ago. Was it? Yeah. But probably why? Schultz is probably onto something. He's probably got a Microsoft. Can't please his wife. <laughs> I mean, Why he's also like nine leave? years old. Why else would she leave? The dude's a gajillionaire. To get half the money and go no. with someone else. You know why? He's probably got some underlying health conditions, and she knows that his time's coming up soon, so she wants to pull out now so she doesn't look bad. But with the divorce, she'll still make a gajillion dollars. Well, then why wouldn't so, you stay with him then? If he's going to go away, then why wouldn't you stay with him and then reap prob- all the money after instead of just half of it? Eh, you know, I mean, this isn't forensic files. It's not like she's going to kill him for the, <laughs> for the life insurance money. Well, Clinton might be involved, but so... I don't know. They're, I, aren't they in, like, cahoots with each other? Who, them and Clinton? Yeah. I don't know. Now, there's... 
There's got to be. Dude. Are you kidding me? So what do you think about conspiracy theories? Do you think there's validity behind some? Some. Yeah. I. At what so point not... do they become a conspiracy, though? You know the famous quote. No, I don't. Three people can keep a secret if two are dead. It's true. Of course it's true. Is that a conspiracy? Well, no, but that's why... <laughs> But that's that's the definitive difference in a conspiracy and reality. Like the the JFK assassination, there's there were too many people in play to keep that a secret for as long as it's been a secret. Same with nine eleven. But do you think the JFK assassination was an inside job or a government thing? Personally, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Really? But do I think nine eleven was an inside job? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, why do you think that JFK was? First of all, the ballistics of the round. You know this is this title. This is going to be JFK oh, had a tick, right? We, That's yeah. what it's going to be. <laughs> JFK had a tick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you should do is have a pun on that, and because a tick is an acronym for troops in contact, JFK was obviously in contact because his brains ended up on his wife's dress. So you could put tick, and it's spelled T I C. Yeah, why didn't she get a divorce before Instead that of, happened? Oh my god. <laughs> Which, All right, so honestly, why didn't she? Because she, she knew he was banging Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And don't don't play games like she didn't know. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like all the mistresses coming out of the tunnels. All right, so the ballistics round. Yeah, so the, so the magic bullet. This is what Shooter is based so, off of, right? No. Is no, it? I don't know. Well, Bobby Swagger? Yeah, I don't think so. But anyways, so the magic bullet kind of trips me up. Also, if he was shot in the back, why did his head go backwards instead of forwards? That... The whole footage thing kind of didn't really didn't make sense. There's also a lot of like FBI dudes from back then that are like real weird when they get into like the specifics, like they're hiding something. I just don't, I just don't really believe the full story. Also, I wasn't even a thought in my dad's nutsack when this whole thing <laughs> happened, but I just did he check that for ticks though? <laughs> um, but at what point does a an actual con like disagreement or questioning become a conspiracy? Politics. It, you think that it's? I think as soon as politics, politics get involved, there's conspiracy theories. Okay, in my opinion, yeah, you know, like no, it's well, an interesting thought. The government's hiding it, or <laughs> you know, like I just, yeah, like UFOs. You know what I mean? When and people literally forget the definition of UFO, unidentified flying object. So literally anything and everything can be a UFO. Yeah, if you don't Does see Southwest on a plane, it's like, oh shit, that's a UFO. <laughs> no, really, <laughs> I can't identify that. <laughs> What's that over there? Right. Yeah, is that Spirit Airlines United? But it just—I mean, there's that's that's where I think it gets involved. So then, at what point does a conspiracy become fact? Like, when am I going to ask you questions? When you come up with questions to ask me. So at what point? <laughs> <laughs> I know you were there the day of the JFK assassination. Um, so at what point does a conspiracy stop becoming a conspiracy and becoming actual? Like, let's look into this a little bit more. Like the, this whole like you and I don't like to talk about the COVID virus because. Whatever. Who cares? And it's super depressing. But, but like right. the conspiracy at the start because Trump decided that he or, wanted to talk about it. Or just it. take masks. Like masks started like initially it was to, to start the spread. And then, you know, it was like be healthy, stay safe, whatever. New York strong, tough, loving, all that garbage. And then it went into like it was a political thing. Yeah. And then it became, oh, we're wearing masks so they know how far they can control us. Yeah, and then it was the conspiracy stupid. about the masks. But like so the interesting thing with the whole 
origin of the coronavirus thing is that it got so political because Trump was using derogatory terms to describe it being the China virus. Right. But there's actual evidence that it can potentially come from the Wuhan lab. Right. So people think that saying that is a conspiracy theory, but they're investigating it because it's actually a plausible origin of this. So, so at what point does it stop becoming a conspiracy and starting to become something that we should probably look into? When science backs it up. Okay. Real science. Yeah. Not political science, actual science, actual data, and everything else. But it's also, the Rhone is difficult because it's coming from a country that's ran by a dictator, so we'll never necessarily get mm-hmm. full transparency and proof. But, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, Do you think if there was a different president in when this happened, it would have been somewhat different or no? A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. Even if it was a Democrat instead of a Republican, it would have been a thousand percent different. I mean, Biden just banned travel... For, to and from India. If right. Trump did that, it would have been, you know. Trump did do that from China. Well, and yeah, he was called a. He tried, and yeah. then he was called a xenophobic racist, which right. it's, it's like, just just stop. Like, if, if it literally keeps Americans alive and safe, then that's the right call as a president of the United States. Right. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think when politics get involved, and then that's when it becomes a conspiracy, and then the only thing that can remove it from being a conspiracy to real life again is, like, Hard data, hard facts. Hard data, hard facts. The, the all the evidence is behind it, and then enough people talk about that, and then basically it's you know social media um, can kind of inflate a conspiracy and constantly drive that fire. Yeah. But I think politics and social media, I'll add social media, make it a conspiracy. And kind of going back to the clickbait stuff, if you continue to click on clickbait articles that are one-sided, you're going to be kept, you're going to continue to be fed articles of that same direction because they're trying, like you're into an algorithm now. So if you keep looking at stuff that are right-leaning or QAnon theme or anything like that, you're going to keep getting fed the same articles that validate your opinion. Right. I don't know where this kind of conversation went to. You want to talk about scotch? Let's talk about scotch. (laughs) Because now I just want to... I just want to talk about what? Because I just want to talk about scotch. Okay. Well, also, we just got a really, really cool message on Instagram. We did. Yeah. So we'll talk about it offline. But let's talk about uh, let's let's review and rate. You want to talk about it though, quick? Glenn Fittich. Review it after we talk about it. After we talk about it. Where so where are my notes? So this is made in Scotland. Yeah. Correct. Scotch has to be made in Scotland, and it has to stay there for about three years. And the cool thing about scotch is they do not have the requirements for aging like bourbon does and whiskey does. Because for bourbon, it has to be aged in new charcoal barrels, and they have to be new. So every single time that you see a bourbon, it is made from exactly new charred oak barrels. For scotch, they don't have that same requirement. So for scotch, you can age it in anything that you want as long as it was in Scotland for three years aging. Now, that comes into play when we're talking about this specific scotch because this one is Glenfiddich 14. It is a single malt scotch, but it was aged in bourbon barrels. So 
you already had a bourbon like Maker's Mark or Jack Daniels or Jim Beam or whoever the big bourbon manufacturer was, and Glenfiddich is purchasing the barrels from those distilleries to then finish aging their scotch in. So it's kind of it can either be a secondary maturation or they're doing the primary aging in these secondary barrels. It's very interesting. And if you want to learn more and get certified, um, we do have a small group of listeners that wanted to follow the same track we did in regards to getting certified the what we call our bible uh the stave and thief society bourbon whiskey stewards certification program book on page five talks about scotch so if you're interested it's all right here for you and they dive into single malt single grain blended uh blended malt blended grain blended scotch in general all the rules and regulations like you mentioned, uh, produced and aged in Scotland, made from cereal grains, made utilizing natural enzymes from malted barley and its sugar conversion, distilled to a maximum of... 190. Yeah, 189.6. Put in oak casks. So not new or casks, just oak casks, which are what is used here, which is a secondary barrel that was used by bourbon at first. For at least three years, like you said, and then free of added substances other than caramel coloring. Yeah. And that's it. Which is interesting. So we actually, kind of going off on a tangent a little bit, this next, so not this coming Friday, but the next Friday after that, we interviewed a gentleman who was in America promoting his product from Ireland. So Irish whiskey and scotch aren't the same, obviously. They're from different parts of the area, but Irish whiskey has similar regulations as it does uh, with scotch. So it's interesting hearing them talk or hearing him talk about the fact that they really relied on no uh, additional colors added. Yeah. Because in Scotch and Irish whiskey, it's technically legal to add coloring, which you, I don't know why you would. In Canada, you can add flavoring. It's Canada. Right. But yeah, so it, it's very interesting. I love this. This is one of my favorite uh, scotches to have just because it marries those two amazing tastes of the, the peat, but also the fruity and the bourbon taste. Um, and it seems like you're liking it now too. So this is episode 85, Glenfiddich, 14 years old, and it sells for $59.99. So it's, it's on a higher end. It's above 50, but it's not like 90 or $80. Which most... Most scotch worth getting yeah. is above $75. Correct. So this is a very good one. Pre-tax. So a little company background. Um, for 20 years, William Grant nurtured a dream to make the best dram in the valley. With the help of his family, he achieved that vision. In the summer of 1886, with his seven sons and two daughters by his side, William set out to fulfill a lifelong ambition – Together, they began building the distillery by hand, stone by stone. After a single year of work, it was ready, and William named it Glenfiddich, Gaelic for Valley of the Deer. So that's interesting. I would love to learn Gaelic. I've been really on the Outlander uh, show, Outlander, yep. and then Men in Kilts, which they just travel around Scotland and discuss the entire culture of Scotland. And I just, I love Scotland, dude. I would literally move there. Um, except I love freedom of America. Uh, William's passion, determination, and pioneering spirit continues to guide us today. Glenfiddich is one of the few single malt distilleries to remain entirely family-owned and is now the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey. No kidding. A true reflection of our founder's innovative nature passed down through generations. During the Prohibition, Glenfiddich was the o one of only six distilleries operating in Scotland. 
1957, the great-grandson of William Grand insisted on having coopersmiths on site to tend to the unique copper pot stills. They have these massive copper pot stills that are not traditionally uh, shaped. Okay. So his grandson or great-grandson was like, we should probably have people on site because if this goes down, we're screwed. Did, are there photos of it? Yeah. Can yeah, you put we'll, it in the thumbnail? Yeah, we'll post it up. Okay. Um, so in... 1959, the Coopersmiths then build, built an on-site dedicated cooperage, which is one of the few that remain in the distillery today. 1961, water, air, and malted barley, a, trin- a trinity expertly crafted to make Glenfiddich whiskey. It inspires influential 20th century designer Hans Schleiger to create the radical design of all time, our triangular bottle. So he kind of thought like there's three parts to making this whiskey, water, air, and uh, malted barley so he made this triangular shaped whiskey like container but then also if you look at the bottle the bottle has a very unique look to it as well because it's not your typical rounded bottle i don't know if you can really catch it on camera but it does have it, it's not like a typical it's not a perfect circle it's triangular which is pretty sweet i'll leave this out because this is a very pretty bottle um all right, so 1963, Sandy Grant Gordon, great-grandson of William, is so proud of our single malt that he makes Glenfiddich the first to be actively promoted outside of Scotland. Consumers around the world used to drink blended whiskey are initiated to the delight of single malt, until then a, world, a well-kept secret of the Scots. So in 1963, they started really making this available outside of Scotland, which is huge. Hmm. 1991, one of the most collectible and rare whiskeys is released. The first ever vetting of our 50-year-old. 50. Crazy. Married to perfection from nine casks laid down in the 1930s, we honor each of William Grant's children who helped build our family distillery. 50 years old. That's insane. Ridiculous. 1998, independent as ever, invention flourishes at Glenfiddich. With over 35 years of experience aged in industry-wide recognition, our fifth malt maker creates a Solera Vat, a pioneering process used to craft our 15-year-old, an expression which to this day is awarded for its complex and intense flavors. So in 2001, we released the oldest single malt whiskey. In 1937, cask 843 was filled and began its 64-year journey. Along the way, while 10 consecutive warehouse masters watched over it, the angel took its share, leaving only 61 bottles of this very rare whiskey. So, in 2001, they decided to release a 64-year-old whiskey. and on, So, from that bottle, normally it's like 220 bottles. The angel's share took so much that there was only 64 left. Or 61 left, I'm sorry. It's wild. Out of the barrel. Can you imagine how much that costs? Ridiculous. So, thousands. In, yeah. In 2009, the second vatting of our 50 year old, only 50 hand blown, individually numbered bottles are released each year, hallmarked in Scottish silver and finished in hand stitched leather, just like the leather bound journal William kept care, uh, carefully kept. We need one of those ASAP. We'll review it. Send it over. Uh, 2000. <laughs> 2010, extreme snowfall collapses some of our warehouse roofs, exposing precious maturing casks to the winter sky. Our warehouse men work around the clock in negative 19 degrees Celsius to save every one. As a tribute to them, our malt master creates Snow Phoenix. He marries the finest of our rescued casks to create a limited edition single malt, born out of chance and adversity. 
In 2011, the most expensive single malt sells at auction. We honor Scotland's oldest woman, admired and, respe- admired and respected for her achievements in education. Janet Sheed Roberts is the last grandchild of our founder. Only 11 bottles of Janet Sheed Roberts Reserved are released worldwide. Each are auctioned for charity setting world records. The last one was $94,000. So we're almost there. We can buy one soon. Ninety four grand. Yeah. yeah, after we sell three houses. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's some of the the history and fun facts around Glenfiddich. Um, it's a very very cool company. Uh, they're doing some great things, and they're family owned still, which is huge. Huge, yeah, mostly unheard of. So for this particular bottle, it's their fourteen year old. Uh, the ABV is 43%. Obviously, it's 750 milliliters still, and it's certified kosher. I don't know if you knew that. So think a bourbon heart can't hold a single malt soul. A 14-year-old bourbon barrel reserve delivers the smooth sophistication of Scotland with the sweet kick of Kentucky. Our master distiller, Brian Kinsman, waits 14 years as the whiskey matures in ex-bourbon American oak casks. He then finishes the whiskey in charred new American oak barrels uh, supplied by the Kelvin Cooperage in Louisville, Kentucky. The result is a rich, sweet, and vibrant single malt that delivers complex flavors of woody spice with ripe summer fruit. It's an expression that will inspire scotch and bourbon lovers alike to rethink whiskey. In the bottle, in this light... The lighter side of it, it looks like a rosé. Yeah. It's insane. So you want to get into... Uh, Rating it? Hey, we're already at 47 minutes. We got to hurry it up, bro. All right, let's we do it. We were talking so long about the Wuhan. All right, so... You want to get to rating this? Yes, I do, Derek. Let's do it. Oh, goodness. So, Glenfiddich 14. What are your thoughts? Label branding. Uh Easily A plus plus, checkmark. I, which probably explains our logo, am in love with navy blue. I think it's so classy, and they got this gold bronze. Me too. Thing around it. Yep. It just looks very, very classy. That was one of the first things we decided. Mm-hmm. Colors of colors of the biz. Hell yeah. So A plus plus. Yeah. Perfect. A plus plus checkmark. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. A plus plus checkmark. Okay. So nose. What do you get on the nose, friend? At first, you get a little vanilla from the cask, but then yeah, after but then that, it, you it get turns, like... It's spicier. Yeah, and then I get like a citrus, apple, kind of pear, like fruit note at the end. What's nice about this is it's not peat forward. I mean, Glenfiddich is um, mainland Scotland. It's I believe it's Speyside. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Speyside. So it's not heavily on the peat like Isla is. But it, it's very, very fruity, florally. But from this, I'm getting like a green apple pear. I'm with you on that. When you bite into a fresh pear and that scent, that's mm. what you get. Yeah. That's the smell I'm picking up. I love it. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. A, plus. a plus. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Initial right. taste. I do get peat, obviously, because it's scotch. But it's it's mild. I get like a... And a, then the a fruit toffee at first on the, on the ending of the initial taste. Cause I get it on the end of the initial taste. I don't get it up front. I get vanilla up front and then it kind of morphs into, t- into a toffee. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I can and, get behind that. Yeah. And then toffee's on the back end of the initial taste before the ending note and the ending note we'll get to in a second, but the initial taste it's, 
smoother than you would expect it to be. And again, it's light. So cutting this with ice, I feel like it would just dilute it to a totally different non like it, it's a sphere I really don't want to get into. Yeah. And it's only 86 proof. So you really don't need to have ice with this or cut it. So I would do a, like literally a drop of water. I yeah. wouldn't do this with an ice cube. This isn't very oily either. So I'm not sure a no, drop it's of not. water really would do much. Right. It's not. Okay. Right. So initial taste, A plus. I like it. So I'm going to give it an A plus plus. I'm behind you. A plus plus. I support you, friend. Okay, and then the ending note. Ending note, you just get a little bit of a baking spice, and I think that's from the bourbon. Yeah. But I'm getting a little wood sugar too on the end. Which is it's probably like from the sweet. barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Um but it's not like it's not like really grainy or oaky. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like that. It's just a different it's just a very different ending note where it's it's light and it's a high hug. Yeah. It and it kind of it barely warms your sternum. But it doesn't sit in your gut, right? So it it basically ends there, and it's it's a really well done product, mm-hmm. especially for fourteen years old, right? Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so A plus on the end, A plus on a note, yeah. Okay, so final rating. Give me that countdown. Three, two, one. Ninety-one. Ninety. Nailed it. It's good. I like it. All right, so that's really it. Mike, take us out. All right. Uh, We appreciate any and all support, Um, all the haters, all the copiers, and all of our friends. We thank you. So follow us on Facebook at Buffalo Happy Hour, Instagram, Buffalo Happy Hour 12, YouTube, Buffalo Happy Hour. We are on every major podcast platform that you would find any other podcast. Search us and you'll see us. Again, we appreciate any and all support. We do have a lot of content coming up. We got a ton of sticker trades. We have interviews ranging from all over the spectrum and we are excited. Our pod, our podcast studio is that much closer. Next time you see us, we should be filming there. Correct. So there's a lot of things in the work in the time from now till when you see us next episode and we're juiced, but uh, quick apology to the housewives. Sorry again for another week of not being with you, but uh, much love. Thanks for the support. We're uh, we're grinding. So that's it, man. We'll Thank wrap you, everybody. It up. This has been episode eighty-five. Please remember to drink responsibly, be a good person, and Michael, do not litter. We're out. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.